Thank you, Bishop. Praise the Lord, everybody. Aren't you thankful for your leadership? What he really meant was we went ahead and had the camp because his wife talked him into it. <laughs> Come on. Hey, we've all been there, Brother Mayo. It's a family camp. It's okay. We've all been there. Praise God. I really, all jokes aside, I'm, I cracked a joke there, but the truth of the matter is they're an unbelievable team. And um, I mean it. They are. It's fantastic. I just, it just, and he is, I don't know a dreamer, a greater dreamer than Brother Rick Mayo. And to me, a, an authentic dreamer is someone who doesn't just dream. They, they go after it. They're driven by what they dream. And um, God gave him a wife that just, you never feel her pulling back on him. And she's always, since I've been knowing them, doing what she can to facilitate and help him see these things come to pass. You, you folks, regardless of how you feel about yourself, you must be some of God's best because he gave you some of God's best. And I'm, let's give the males a hand. I mean that. Let's give them a hand. Thank the Lord for this time, and I feel strengthened. Uh, a lot of times you get it, um, plugged into these, not necessarily a family count, but ministry, and it's, it's exhausting, and you're drained. And, but I don't feel drained at all. I feel, feel good. I feel refreshed. And um, I'm thankful for this time and very, very grateful and humbled that they have included us in being a part of this, and thank you so much. Um, I don't know who all was responsible for those baskets, but um, over and above, praise God. Here's where I'm at tonight, okay? Um, people have, anytime you got people, people have needs. And I like to see people get their needs met. And I could feel the needs here last night and, and the Spirit addressed some of those things. And there's nothing more that I like to see than when ministry breaks out where there's needs and people are touched. So anytime there's people, and especially in a crowd of this size, I feel drawn and pulled by those needs, okay? There's a reason I'm saying this. And so I, f I feel and have felt today that pull because I know you have needs. But it was like something. It wasn't audible, but it was so real. It was like it was audible. It was like as I'm struggling in this, trying to feel after this service, it was like the Lord said, the kingdom has needs as well. And I personally believe that if the needs of the kingdom are met, that we don't have to worry about our needs. In fact, I think if we would be consumed and concerned with the needs of the kingdom, seek you first the kingdom of God. And so tonight, again, I'm going to move through some things. A lot of this is very new material, but it's as it was being given to me the last couple of weeks, I knew that it was for this was the place to launch it from. And this is kingdom needs. And I'm going to speak to some things tonight. And in some ways, I feel like that this church understands this. But. God help us to get even even a stronger grip on it. And if nothing else, a reminder. Judges chapter 1. Let's give this music team and these singers a big hand. It's fantastic. 
fantastic. And uh, the sound's good. And I know Jesus didn't have a microphone, but it sure makes it easier on me when I have one. Praise God. Judges chapter 1. Verse number 1. Now after the death of Joshua... It came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? The Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon, his brother, Come with me into my lot, that we may fight the Canaanites. And I likewise will go with thee unto thy lot. So Simeon went with him. Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. Watch this. And they slew of them in Bezek 10,000 men. Watch. And they found Adonai in Bezek, in Bezek and they fought against him. And they slew the Canaanites. And, but Anani Bezek, verse 6, fled, and they pursued after him. And they, cut, they caught him, and they cut off his thumbs and his great toes. Notice this. And Anani Bezek said, 70 kings. This is a very... Strange portion of Scripture. He was not speaking figuratively, folks. This really was going on. He said 70 kings. He had come, had come against him separately. 70 kings had fought against him, and he had cut the thumbs and the big toes of all 70 of these kings off, and he let them live, and they lived literally like in a dungeon underneath his table. I promise. This, he was not speaking figuratively. And they would literally scrape scraps down into the hole, and these 70 kings would scramble around with no thumbs and no toes to eat the scraps from Ananias. Some of you wonder if I'm in the Bible right now. I don't know why you read some of the stuff you read to be entertained. Just read your Bible. That's much better than some of the science fiction junk you guys read. And he realizes what he had done to them has now come upon him. They cut, when, when, when Judah and Simeon got to him, they cut his thumbs and they cut his big toes off. He says, as I have done, so God hath requited me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. Someone say we. That's what I want to talk about tonight. We. Just, just a small little word, two letters. But I just want to walk you through some things scripturally and show you the power of we. And if this hits you when we close, if this hits you right here the way it's hit me, I believe that something's going to happen down here by this water on this hill slope that's going to tighten and pull us together. A camaraderie, a unity like has never been in this church before. The spirit of brotherhood. I said, the, I said the kingdom has needs. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest needs of the kingdom is for you and I to get together. And I'm going to walk us through some things scripturally tonight. And I feel like as we move through this, 
that there is going to be an infusion of faith. I feel it already. There is, I, I just feel tonight that there is a cohesiveness. God is going. Have you ever, have you ever been in a service? I, I've, I've never said this before, but I feel this right. Have you ever been in a service where you felt God draw you close? I feel like we're fixing to be in one where God draws us close to one another. There is a great need in the kingdom, and it's we. Not I, not mine, not me, our, we. There's a big difference between together and together. The Bible says they were gathered together. And you can gather and not be together. And there's a whole lot of churches that are gathering. But to have a book of Acts revival, you got to do more than just gather. you got to be together. And listen, just to show up and rub shoulders with one another is not enough to get an outpouring. God has to connect our hearts, and we have to let him do that. I believe God wants to draw us near. When we, when we, when we drop off of this mountain in the morning, I want us to go back to Spokane and for, there, for something to have happened in this last session that we are so tightly knit together. If there is any animosity, any fires, any bickering, any clicks, anybody at one another's throats, any family feuds, whether one family to another or within a family, I want all of that tonight to die at this campfire and for us to go back with a unified f- purpose and focus. We lift our hands right now. Let's lift our hands and ask God to talk to us. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost already. Come on, lift your voice. You feel a witness to this? You can be seated. Moses, Aaron, and her. Paul and Silas. Paul and Timothy. Paul and Silas, Peter and John. The Bible says that Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. Tears, as I once again was reminded of what Jesus really wants, tears began to roll down my face this afternoon as I read and I counted, it was the first time I counted it, but I never stopped to count. But John chapter 17, in the last the last prayer of Jesus, five times, he said, Father, let them be one as we are one. Five times. When the disciples made an inquiry to Jesus as to how to pray, he turns and that notorious prayer begins with such potency and purpose. The first word. In fact, in my estimation, everything else that falls into this prayer hinges on the first word of the prayer, our Father. Not your Father, not my Father, not her Father, not his Father, but our 
Father. The Bible says to rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those that weep. It's never me or mine. The bottom line, the judgment that fell upon Ananias and Sapphira, if you look at it closely, is they were uninvolved. They were non-participants, and they refused to get in the flow of everyone else that had all things in common. As I read back through the account of the birth of the church, again, seeing things I've never seen before, Simon Peter, who God chose to be the first Pentecostal preacher, he stands and he begins to preach. And I oftentimes, I think oftentimes that we have so rushed to the message that he preached that we miss the platform in which he preached it from. Because the Bible says as he stood, the other 11 stood with him. The potency of Pentecost was not just the proclamation of Simon Peter but that it was echoed, or rather that it was proclaimed from a platform of unity, from a platform of togetherness. All of these men coming from different backgrounds, I'm sure having different ideas, we find as it unfolds, different personalities, different ways of going about things. But when it came time to do God's business, not four, not five, not 50%, not 80%, but Simon Peter stood to proclaim the Pentecostal message, and he stood with the 11. We. Someone say, we. I read in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and again, I'm just kind of shooting at this from every angle. Here, as the Apostle Paul is admonishing the church at Thessalonica, it's that consolation, especially in times like this. It is where Paul is talking to the church at Thessalonica about that coming, that second coming that we are all looking forward to. More so than ever in my life, I remember when I was younger thinking, oh, I want to I go to heaven, but I don't, I don't want to go now. I want to get married. I want to have kids. But this crazy world that we're living in today now for the first time just in the last several months, Elder Sergeant, it makes sense to me. I used to hear elders quoted, and I would kind of wince, oh, God, no, not now. But now I understand and have been praying it even myself, even so, come quickly, Lord. But as I look through these verses in chapter 4, and verse number 15, I see our theme again here on this Friday night. I see it surface again. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we... Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Again, it's just a small word, it's just two letters. But here it's talking about that soon coming that all of us are starting to long for and look to, but again we see it's we it's we twice, for this we say, and then he goes on, then we which are alive and remain. I do not believe that Jesus is coming back after a church that is divided. I do not believe that he's coming back after a body that is divided. I believe that he's coming back after one body, one body, one body that is unified that is one working single powerful organism in the earth. I pray that all of the divisions, I pray that if there is any division among this group tonight, I 
pray that if there is any spat, I pray if there is any animosity, I pray if there is any bitterness or bickerness or bickering, I pray that before we leave here tonight, come on, I believe Jesus is coming back after a church in Spokane, but that's just it. He's coming back after a we church. You're not going to get there by yourself. You're not going to get there doing your own thing. He's coming back after a body. He's coming back after a unified body. If you believe that, clap your hands. We. There's so many of these. I had to pick and choose which one to use. Stay with me. I'm headed somewhere. Acts, Acts chapter 19 tells a story. I thought, racked my brain this afternoon. I don't ever remember preaching from this portion of Scripture. But Paul has a run-in. He has an encounter with an idol maker. There's conflict in Acts chapter 19. This man is made, this idol maker is, has a very lucrative business. Bottom line is the preaching of Paul shuts him down. There's a clash here. But we find something, and sometimes we can learn by looking at the other side. There is something to be said about looking at the other side of the coin. And we see something in Acts chapter 19 and verse 34 that is very convicting. The Bible said these people who worshiped idols, that for two hours, all with one voice, for two hours, all for, come on, for, for one voice for two hours, they worshiped the goddess Diana, the fertility god, the sex god, one who had multiple breasts. There was so much perversion. If you were to go study the 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 idol of, of Diana, you would find that it's just it's just drenched in perversion. A false god, a god who couldn't hear, a god who couldn't answer, a god who couldn't move. But something is very convicting here in Acts chapter 19 as a worshiper of the true God. When I look in this, come on, there is something here. I hate to use this word, but it's it's env I'm envious. I look in this. I'm telling you, if people who worship idols can unify for two hours to pray to something that does not answer, surely you and I can get together three times a week for a couple of hours. I told you, I know you've got needs, but the kingdom has needs. And I believe that the greatest need of the kingdom right now, I believe it's what God, one of the things that God's waiting on to release, greater end-time revival, is an understanding of the importance of the brotherhood and an appreciation of it and a protection. Come on, I'm preaching to us right now. Surely if they can have one voice, surely if the heathens can have one voice and worship Diana, the sex god, for two hours, Surely you and I can get together to worship the one true living God who has provided for us, who has delivered us, who has set us free, who has blessed us. Hallelujah. Some, there are some that could give all kinds of excuses. They can talk to me. I'm not here today to, to, to be mean. I'm not upset, but I'm here today to tell you I'm not interested. When I read portions of Scripture like this, I'm not interested in your excuses. I'm not interested in your reasons as to why we can't get on the same page. Don't give me your cultural garbage. Listen, there's all kinds of culture here tonight, but we're all together. Listen, if you can't get it together here, don't plan on being in heaven because in heaven... There's a choir. Come on. It's many voices, but it's of many nations. It's of many tongues. Can I say what I feel right now? I'm going to tell you starchy, white, Caucasians, listen to me right now. I know some of you are saying, look at your skin. You're one too. You better hear me. You better get rid of your pride. You better get rid of that spirit of looking down your nose. There's a revival coming to the North American church from immigrants, and I want them. I want Asians. I want Ethiopians. I want Africans. I want Filipinos.
Hallelujah. And if they can get together, if somehow they can put aside their differences, the Bible says with one voice, and if that doesn't convict us, you just can't be convicted anymore to a God who's never done anything for them. Has your God ever done anything for you? Hallelujah. Then why in the world can we not get together? Come on. For two hours they were able as one voice to pray to Diana. I wonder what would happen if we could get together and as one voice we would cry out in unity to our God. I wonder what would happen if we could do that here tonight. I tell you what would happen. I tell you what would happen. We'd have another book of Acts revival. We'd have another sound come from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. I tell you what else would all, we would all be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so when I got in that, and I, I'm sure that's been preached, but I've never, heard it, I've never heard anybody deal with that. That convicts me. And so my mind went from that, and then it dawned on me, Brother Mayo, I don't ever fight devils fighting devils. I don't read anywhere about demonic division. Surely if hell can get unified, surely if demons and devils can get on the same page, and they have one thing in common, it's to destroy you. And I thought we had something in common. Come on, put aside our cultural differences. Put aside the color of our skin. Put aside our economical status. Put aside what we drive or what side of town we live on. Put aside, God forbid, I don't even know why I'm saying this. Put aside what somebody wears or what somebody doesn't wear, whether it comes from whether you get all of your clothes from Italy or you buy them at Walmart. Come on, put aside all of that. If demons can get it together for one common goal, surely blood-bought, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost-filled people can get on the same page. We, 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 we. The kingdom has a need, and it's we. The kingdom has a need, and it's we. We need delivered from me and mine, and we need immersed with the spirit of we. What do you read? What do you get out of stories? Like the Tower of Babel. I promise you, I don't read this stuff trying to find something no one has ever heard or said before. But if you'll read these things with a hunger and a hope and an open heart, God will speak to you. And people are powerful. When they pull together, And when the singularity comes about the purpose and not the person, I said when a singularity comes, and it comes not about the person but about a purpose, that's when power shows up. That's when things get done. Everything's picking up, folks. The speed of everything is picking up. And you know what that means? We got to be on the ball. We can't perform at the level we performed at 12 months ago. We can't play, and I, and I don't even like using that. That's tacky, but that, that's the best word I can come. We can't play at the level that we played at six months ago. Everything's speeding up. And if we're not speeding up as everything else speeds up, we're going to just get ground up in the grinder of life. Or you listen to this preacher. But you know how we speed up? You know how we stay ahead of things? We, 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 togetherness.
There's a power when people come together with a common purpose and they're delivered from the person and their mission is the purpose. There's a power that comes there. That's why they weren't even doing it for God. That's why Babel was was what it was. But you need to read it and you need to understand it in the context in which I'm preaching about. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have one language. Oh, how I wish God could say this about us. This struck me in a way it's never struck. What, What would happen in Spokane, Washington if if God could say this about us. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have one language, and this they begin to do, and nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. I'll tell you the difference between us and Babel. If that was us, God wouldn't shut us down. If that was us, God wouldn't scramble our language. If that Jesus have I already told you, come on, and I was leading to this. I don't know a bigger dreamer. This guy is, and I can't pay him a bigger compliment. He, this is the freak of Pentecost right here, and I, that's the greatest compliment I could pay him. You better be thankful. He's your leader. He's constantly stretching. He's, co- he's got an imagination out of this world, but I got news for you. Hallelujah. His imaginations, I don't care how far they are. Come on, how far out they are, Sister Mayo, if this church is unified. Who would have ever thought we would get that building that you're going to move into. But God said it about Babel. When they become one and they have one language, look out. If they imagine it, it's going to happen. If they dream it, it's going to come to pass. And the only reason, the only reason he shut Babel down We're going to build us a city, us a town. It wasn't their unity for him. It was their unity for them. It wasn't about him. Nothing, nothing this man imagines. I got to be honest, I feel like I'm a man of faith. There's been a few times he said things to me, and I'm like, okay, all right. I knew. I knew when I asked him. I just testing to see if he still was on fire. I just going to see if his temperature was still right. I said, how long do you think before you get in that building? Oh, brother, four months. Well, four months, we'll be in there. <laughs> Doubting. Come on, doubting. I said doubting. I'm telling you, four months is nothing because this church has pulled off other stuff. But you know when it does it? It's when, it's, when, it's when there's a unity. It's when it becomes we and not me. God deliver us from me and immerse us with the understanding of what we can get done with we. Don't stop believing like that. I got Bible for you. The next time somebody wants to water that down, you just turn and look at them and say they rebuilt the wall. They didn't even have the technology that we had, and they rebuilt the wall in 49 days. If they rebuilt the wall without technology with burnt stones in 49 days, if Nehemiah, you know why they got it done? You know why they got it done? People would have said, well, come on, there's no way to get that done. There were enemies. There were critics. Come on, that didn't keep them from getting it done. Why? Because when there's unity and there's people working together, hallelujah, come on, a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other, working, 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 we working. Unity makes the unbelievable possible. Nothing can constrain them. I could keep going, but I feel compelled to close with my text. Jesus, please let this strike this church the way it struck me. You know I've saved it, and I've let it marinate. Now, Lord, help me to serve it. Seventy kings. I got to look on some checking. Seventy kings had come against Adonai and Bezek and the Canaanites. 
Brother Chris, 70 kings couldn't get it done. Scholars believe that the 70 kings that scrambled for scraps underneath the table of Adonine Bezik, that none of them, scholars believe that probably none of these kings ever joined with any of the other kings to come against Adonine Bezik. These more than likely were all soul missionaries because kings and servants, kings think different than brothers think. And Adonine Bezek and the Canaanites had got away with a whole lot for a long time. Seventy times people had come against them. Seventy times. Seventy kings couldn't get it done. Seven. Out of nine. Father. Bezek, lightning. So father of lightning, a lot of flash and noise and bang. Startles you. Seventy kings separately over many, many years, they could not get it done. Every one of them that came against him with their own ideas and their own missions, before they could escape, he would gather their king and he would cut their thumbs off. Why? Cut a man's thumb off, he can't hold a sword or a spear. And hold a shield, and I saw some people like this. But that's all you can be is defensive. He cut his toes off. He can't stand. He has no balance. A man without his toes, his big toes, cannot stand. And he lives life frustrated from falling. And getting back up, falling, getting back. Seventy kings couldn't get it done. But Judges chapter 1 opens up, and one brother. One brother, stand up, says to another brother, you go up with me into my lot. And this is what struck me in prayer, and it's what I'm going to close with. We, two brothers, two brothers got done together what 70 kings couldn't get done by themselves. All the resources, all of the armies, all of the riches, all of the things at the access of a king, and 70, 70 couldn't get it done. But you let brothers start connecting. You let Judah, and you know all the implications, and that's not what I'm here to preach tonight. It's, it's good preaching for another time. But you let brothers, you let brotherhood, you let we come together. You let Judah realize these kings separately 70 times couldn't get this done. I wonder what would happen if I'd get together with my brother. And the scripts flipped. And it's not Judah and Simeon with their thumbs and toes cut off. I'm speaking figuratively, but I know a lot of people that have never understood the spirit of servanthood, the spirit of brotherhood. Kings, territorial, they feel threatened. Everything, everything is about defense. They're defensive and they're frustrated and they're out of balance. It's me, me, me. How much, 
I got to be careful. This is not a preacher's conference. I'm preaching to saints right now. But there's, there's an issue. There's, but the script is flipped, and the script becomes flipped. It flips. When somebody goes together, we. And when we shows up, Adonine Bezik loses his thumbs, and he loses his toes. And I'm saying, Cornerstone, I'm saying it's time for some things to be different instead of us walking around without our thumbs and toes. I'm saying it's time for the spirit of brotherhood to rise up in our churches, rise up within this church, and let's take the thumbs and the toes of the adversary. The way that would have been preached in the past, though, is praise did that. No, praise didn't do that. Praise and obedience, a bond, a bond, a brotherhood. We did that. We wouldn't even have to worry about hell. We could knock hell off balance. We could even remove his ability to fight. If the spirit of unity. What we need to get done, Brother Mayo, I said the kingdom has needs. And what we've got to get done will not be accomplished by kings. It's only going to get done with brothers. We. We. You and I, together. They gathered together. There's a difference between T-O-G-A-T-H-E-R and T-O. G-E-T-H-E-R. Too many churches are gathering and not together. You and I, and I'll be the first to say it, but we need an appreciation for each other God needs to baptize us. You listen to me. I know this is convicting. Hopefully we'll shout Sunday, but you need to hear what I'm telling you right now. The kingdom has, I know you have needs, but the kingdom has needs. And this is one of the greatest needs of the kingdom. But I'm telling you, we need baptized with a fresh appreciation for one another. Even Jesus didn't do it by himself. John the Baptist. We. 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 I need you. You need me. This is a kingdom, folks. And there's only one king in this kingdom. And it's not me, and it's not you. And the true spirit of brotherhood, there's no competition. I'm going to say that again. I said the true spirit of brotherhood, there's no competition. There's no pushing one down so another one tries. There's no big eyes and little use. This is practical, but this is needful right now. You hear what I'm telling you right now. In a kingdom, there's one king. That's it, one. It's not you and it's not me. It's him. And everybody else, we're servants. We're brothers in this. And I don't have to be intimidated by you, and you don't have to be intimidated by me. And you don't have to be insecure about the person down. You don't have... I don't know where it's coming from, but God forbid that some of you start jockeying and competing. Come on. Let's not stoop back down to the level of the disciples. You say, well, I'm not susceptible to that. They walk with God in the flesh, and we're arguing all the way up to the end about who was the greatest in the kingdom. We don't need that garbage in this church. We've come too far. Come on. And this church has come this far with the spirit of we. And if it's going to go to the next dimension and the next level, come on, it's going to go to the next level with the same. I'm preaching to some of you younger ones. 
Go ahead. I'm just telling you, there's not going to be clubs and cliques in this church. This is There are no sororities in the spirit. Are you hearing me right now? And there are no support superiorities in the in the spirit. Are you listening to what I'm telling you right now? We're not going to have cliques and clubs. We're not going to have these people are cool and these people are not cool. No, no. One body, one voice, one mission, one vision. You know why he and I work so good together? I'll tell you exactly why he and I. I'll, I'll articulate. I'll know. I'll tell you why we work together so well. I'm not intimidated by him. He's not intimidated by, that, by me. And we have a mutual respect. He can do things that I can't do. Period. He can do things I'll never be able to do. But he also knows that there's things that I can do through him that he can't do. So why stand off in a corner at each other and feel intimidated and fight together, fight against one another? Why not join together? Because one will put a thousand to flight. I'm still preaching to you right now. One will put a thousand to flight. What happens if he puts his gift with my gift, and I put my gift with your gift, and you put your gift with his gift, and he puts his gift with her gift, and she puts her gift with your gift? How befitting, I'm trying to close, but how befitting. You go ahead like all these other shallow churches if you want and just throw your little pole out that water and just catch one or two a day if you want and let the top of your head bake. No, God is trying to form a web, ladies. He is trying to form a net, ladies and gentlemen. He is trying to web together anointings and talents. The church is not supposed to be a line fishing. We're fishing for men, but we're not casting out lines. We're casting out nets ministries, anointings. Come on, I feel an anointing right now. You're not any less important than anybody else in this church. I'm going to tell you, the person, boy, I feel this, I feel this right now. The person parking cars is just as important as the person teaching a Sunday school class. The person washing dishes after summit is just as important as somebody that's leading a service. Come on, the person on the front, Hallelujah. So I'm telling you real sternly, stop, 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 stop envying somebody else's gifts. Stop envying somebody else's positions and anointings. If you neglect your anointing, who's going to fill that hole? Who's going to fill that shoe? Quit trying to be like somebody else and be you and get with the person that you admire. Come on. What you don't know is the person you admire may be admiring you. Let's quit envying one another's gifts and put them together. And catch a great drought of fish. And I can say this, okay? Because he knows my spirit. And it's just us here tonight. He thanks me often publicly for what my ministry has meant to the Northwest. I'd be a full sister sergeant not to stand in this mic and say my ministry wouldn't mean squat in the Northwest if it wasn't for that man and his willingness to take his anointing and his vision and to hook up and link up with that. Period. If it wasn't that, if that wasn't the case, this would be going on all over the world, and I'm not here to be a prophet of pessimism, but it's not. This has been made possible, and this has happened because of the spirit of we. We're not in competition. We're not in competition. If you're a door greeter, be the best door greeter. If you're somebody who prays with somebody at the altar, don't envy the person up in the choir. Oh, I wish I could sing. Because I promise you there's somebody that's in the choir singing. It's saying, I wish I could pray with people like that in the altar. We. 
not getting done by kings. It's not getting done with this spirit of superiority. Pride. Proud. We need clothed. You hear me? But we need clothed with a spirit of servanthood and a, and a spirit. If you're never, hey, listen to me. If you never, if you never have the means to be clothed with the finest things that this world has, big deal. If you've, if you've found a way to be clothed with the spirit of servanthood. I don't know what the trendy, I don't know what the trendy, trendy name brands are. I'd show you how data, out of date I really am if I even started trying. I don't care if you're ever clothed in that. I'm sickened. Meetings have become fashion shows. I've never, I've never been to a Broadway, a runway show. I don't plan on ever going to one. In my mind, I've been to plenty of them. I've preached plenty of them. People come in parading the latest thing they've bought. They got more hanging on their arm than they've ever thought about giving to missions. Fads and fashions. It's vanity. Vanity. It's, it's useless. That's what the word means. There's no, there's no value in this. Brother Mayo, I used to think it was far out, but I think it's coming pretty close. But I've had visions in the last 10 years on several different occasions of meetings. And I know this doesn't line up real well with the social distancing right now. But men and women, and I know, and some of you are saying, oh, let's pray that happens Sunday and not tonight. But I see bodies piled up like pulpwood. Men. Men weeping on the shoulders of other men and ladies weeping on the shoulders of other ladies. Let's put aside all the stupid idiosyncrasies, the arbitrary things in all of our lives that in the end they make no difference. How long are we going to continue to minor on major or major on minors and minor on majors? And I'm telling you, a major that we've minored on and we're guilty of it is the spirit of brotherhood. And I've made a promise to Jesus. I don't know how much cooperation I'll get. I said, Jesus, you left here once shaking your head at disciples that just couldn't get it together. But I promise you, I'll do everything I can to be a propagator and a participant. And when you leave here the next time, here's the difference. The first time he left, and he left them to get it right. And he leaves shaking his head. The second time he leaves here. There will be no more space to get it right. We that remain will be caught up together. Together. Never had a problem when I'm trying to get something. I've never refused help when I was under the strain of some kind of difficult task. Anybody here ever dug a hole? You ever denied the help of someone? Oh, this is my hole to dig. <laughs> I'm going to dig this hole. I don't care who you are. If you want to help me dig this hole, get after it. I'll even scoot over. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll even call this our hole. 
It doesn't mean that much to me as long as we get it done. Let's stand. We. Must have been pretty important to Jesus. Five times. Brother Mayo, tell me, how much sense does it make to pride ourselves in being oneness? And to be so divided. <laughs> how much sense does it make to pride ourselves in the revelation of oneness? And be so divided. Five times. Lord, let them be one as we are one. I don't know, maybe maybe you didn't realize it. Maybe this preaching has brought it to your mind and spirit, but I feel very I feel very pushed. Whatever this means, you you put it where it goes. There's people in this crowd right now you need to let up. Let them up. Let them up. Give somebody some mercy. Everybody's got a story. Might shock you. It might shock. It might. It might shock you. Who you get close to in this church. If you showed some interest in why they act or react the way they do. And you learn where they come from. Jake, come here. Do you love Jake? You can, Jake's a great guy. Don't you love Jake? Jake, I'm not going to fight. Put your, put your fist up. I'm not going to fight with you. This is what's got to happen right now. I'm not going to fight with you. Turn your shoulders. But I'll fight with you. Do it again, Jake, so they can see. Can y'all see this in the back? I'm not going to fight with you. I wouldn't want to embarrass you in front of your wife. And I ain't got anything to prove to mine. She knows I'm tough. I refuse to fight with you. Turn your back to me. But I'll fight with you. Go study. Go study the weaponry. That shield of faith that that soldier was armed with in the book of Ephesians. It had hooks on it. It had a hook and a receiver on either side. That was the shield the Apostle Paul was talking about. And it created a wall. They would hook those shields together. And it created a wall. This is this come here. Come here, brother Chris. Get on the get somebody, David, somebody get on the other end. Look at this. Everyone we add to this line. We're getting more powerful. We're getting a greater line of defense. Listen, we're becoming more impenetrable with everyone we add.
way. There's a, I know we got a small space. There's just, we just, it's impossible. But I want you to connect literally from over here all the way back over there. Connect with somebody. An unbroken chain connected all over this. You that are there, connected across the aisles. Connected across the aisles. Connect with somebody. We. That's it. Connected. And I want you to go back with me in your mind to what I told you. For We're not going to do it for two hours. I think it'd blow your mind what happened if we did it for two minutes. But with one voice, they cried out, to their idol. I wonder what would happen. They did it for two hours with one voice. I wonder what would happen. Jesus' name, Holy Ghost filled, blood bought, apple of his eye. And he's done so much for each and every one of us. I wonder what would happen for two minutes. Not two hours, just two minutes. If we cried out with one voice, one mission, one vision, one king, one direction. I'm going to count to three. I want them to hear us on the other end of this lake. I want there to be a cry of unity that echoes across those waters. I want it to jump. I want it to jump through the back doors of those houses right there. Unity. Don't let him take it. Don't let him drive a wedge between you and your brother. A house that's divided can't stand. I don't care how great it's been in the past. If it's divided, it can't stand. Put your differences aside. Put your little battles aside. Put your little beefs aside. Forgive. You ready? One, two, three. Lift your voice right now together. Thank you. 
Come on, don't stop. I feel power. It's like an electrical line. I feel power channeling through here right now. There's power in this. Anything we imagine can come to pass when we're unified. Anything that we imagine can come to pass when we're unified. You are important to me. I need you to survive. You bind us together. Bind to us together. I need you with to bonds that cannot survive. be broken. Bind us together with bonds that cannot be broken. I pray for you. A threefold cord. A threefold cord cannot be I easily need broken. You to survive. 